Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 786, chapter 119, Hands. Once Fashet judged my language only moderately embarrassing, she arranged for me to talk with an odd handful of people scattered around Hert. There was a garrulous old man who spun silk thread while chattering endlessly, telling strange, pointless, half-delirious stories. There was a story of a boy who put shoes on his head to keep a cat from being killed. Another where a family swore to eat a mountain stone by stone. I could never make any sense of them, but I listened politely and drank the sweet beer he offered me. I met with twin sisters who made candles and showed me the steps of strange dances. I spent an afternoon with a woodcutter who spoke for hours of nothing but splitting wood. At first I thought these were important members of the community. I thought Vachette might be parading me in front of them to show how civilized I had become. It wasn't until I spent the morning with Two Fingers that I realized she sent me to each of these people with the hope I would learn something. Two Fingers was not his real name. I'd merely come to think of him as that. He was a cook at the school, and I saw him at every meal. His left hand was whole, but his right was viciously crippled, with only his thumb and forefinger remaining. Vachette sent me to him in the morning, and together we prepared lunch and talked. His name was Naden. He told me that he had spent ten years among the barbarians. What's more, he had brought more than 230 silver talents back into the school before he was injured and could no longer fight. He mentioned the last several times, and I could tell that it was a particular point of pride with him. That's the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. Hands. I wanted to say it. I wanted you to sure be the did. first person to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think glad you important. did. And we're already into hands because that man probably is either missing two fingers or only has two fingers. Oh, I think that it's clear that he lost those fingers, you know, in battle. And that's why he had to stop being a mercenary. Yes, but that's a part of your hand. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. It, it, the chapter title is already relevant because we're talking yes. about a character who's listening. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think he's the alien embodiment of the greater will. A purpose, a, a creature of worship among the round table hold. Uh, I have a question. The yes. thing that is a point of pride with him, is it a point of pride with him that uh, he fought till he was no longer able to fight? Is that is that the pride? No, no I, I think, think it's, it's how much money he brought money. back into the community, oh, okay. right? Like, because yeah. we, we've learned already how like socially, how like basically the entire basis of this town's economy is sending up mercenaries who get paid really well, bring back that money and invest it into the community. And I think that's what he's proud of. You know, and Which I think rules, like, can you, can you imagine if people were like proud of the taxes they paid? Hey, like I'm what it says about a community. And a, yeah. yeah but, like, but like you're, you're the outlier. <laughs> yes, indeed. My taxes go to help my community and I like it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and to be fair, as far as we can tell, the Adam Society, the taxes actually do help the community. No one's skimming off the top or whatever. But also, I do think that the like the point of pride for him is like I think that he is in some sense ashamed of the fact that he can no longer contribute to the community in that way, right? Like because he can't fight anymore, and I think that he wishes that he could, and so he's a little bit like you know, reminding people like I have contributed to this community. I brought in this many talents. I was a fighter. You know, I'm a, I'm a honorable person. I wasn't always a cook. Something that hasn't really been touched on is that if your hand is messed up, you can't speak mm-hmm. properly. It also messes up your ability to communicate in, in Adamic. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. We didn't think about that at all when we were thinking about how Quoth would feel if he lost fingers off his hand. I wonder if, uh, like, because, so Quoth has mentioned that he's missing fingers, but not whether or not he has a prosthetic. Uh, I think if he did, it would be mentioned. I think if he had a prosthetic, it would come up. (laughs) We will learn the details of his... uh disability on, on a future page we've talked before about like wondering what other adem do who are non-fighters or non-mercenaries so it's interesting to get this little slice of life of the various uh randos that Kvothe is placed with yeah i feel like the question that is posed by this page and that will probably be answered by the end of this chapter is why what is the lesson Quoth is supposed to be learning from all these different people? Is it well is it is it only one lesson or is it a different lesson from each person? I think it's one broad lesson, but I guess we're going to find out. Okay. She sent me to each of these people with the hope I would learn something is a little bit ambiguous whether he's going to learn something from each of them or whether he's going to learn something from them collectively what they have in common. Are each of these people somehow uh disabled? I think no, it's I was going to say it might just be like patience and perseverance. Like candle making is a very patient activity. Yeah, maybe. My th- my theory, I think, is closer to Nick's. And I think that it, they're all not fighters. Why are they not fighters? What is significant about that in a culture where you're, the highest social calling is to be a fighter? Yeah. And I, I think we'll, we'll get to this because it's made explicit in a couple pages, but... Uh, we've already heard that Quoth's swordplay is not going well. And as we'll learn, it's because he's too afraid of his hands being uh, mangled. And maybe that's stuck in his head because of the threat to his hands that was made earlier. But I think, and you know, we'll probably talk about this again, but I think it's likely that the lesson here is like, even if you can't or won't fight, you can still be useful and valued in, in the Adam community, certainly. Like there is still value to you. You are still a person. You are still worthwhile. Good. I uh, I honestly don't have a lot on this page. This feel this felt like a very short page for some reason. Well, I it think it's a short page. It is. It's oh, okay. relatively short because it's the start of a chapter. But I think it's also uh, as the start of many chapters are. It's like setting up a question to be answered. Right. It's setting up. Uh, it's setting up an idea, and we're going to see how that idea is explored in the chapter. Yeah, it's also like a new idea, right? So it's interest. It's introducing like a new idea, so it's just kind of ramping up. So there's less like meat to talk about. Well, uh, although, uh, oh. do we have a letter? Oh, we can pull up a letter. Sure. I was just thinking, since we're not going to have as much on this page, and I feel like it might be a shorter episode. Maybe. All right. This is a letter from Grace the Wolf, who writes, uh, "Nick ruins true romance." <laughs> I love it. Wow. Hi, Trio. Still continuing to catch up, and I know that reading this might not make sense because I'm about 500 pages behind, but I had to chime in. Page 255, where Quoth so eloquently captures a turning point in our relationship, where Quoth so perfectly describes what happens when the bud of attraction gets lit behind the eyes. As Jeremy said, I find this passage to be one of the best pieces of romantic writing I've found. Not all attraction is instant, not all love is at first sight. Not all great relationships, platonic or romantic, click immediately. Sometimes the first click, the one to start the driving wheel, comes after many meetings when a person reveals a piece of themselves to another. 
I love this passage so much. Sim is just being himself. He's in no way trying to impress Fela. If anything, he's trying to maybe impress Kvothe, who openly detests poetry. Fela is used to attention. Fela knows she's hot, and guys probably chase after her all the time, since she's also a slim minority presence on campus. But in this, Sim isn't trying. He's just being fun and nice and smart. While they've met before, Fela meets tons of dudes and probably keeps many of them at arm's length until she learns enough to put her guard down. This was her moment. It was beautifully written, and I felt really captured what it's like when someone you've never seen before does something so damn attractive you can never just do one glance a game. The changing moment in a relationship that can spurt love, whether it's romance or friendship, and Nick pooped on it. In all seriousness, the conversation hit home what I enjoy so much about this podcast. Differing opinions and wonderful conversation. That's not to say Nick isn't a duty head for trying to ruin a beautiful piece of prose, but I will allow the abuse of it at this time. Thanks for keeping up the work. Excited to continue. Grace from Jersey. Uh, I concur. Nick is a duty head. (laughs) I have been and will continue to be a duty head. One of the things that I like about this podcast is that it affords us the time to look back on the things we said and the things we thought about this book. And even within this one read, my opinions have changed and it's nice to be able to compare your opinions against those of a a wider community and maybe think twice about it. Uh, So I don't know. I might've said something different back, uh, back at that point when we read that part of the book, I don't, was I, I definitely wasn't married yet when that came up. I don't even know if I was, was dating my, my now wife at the time. I probably was, but uh, a lot of time has passed. When did they say, what was the, what was the page they were reacting to? 255, I think. Of the wise man's fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, Uh, it probably would have definitely already been dating your now wife because we started the wise man's fear when you were at OCAD. So anyway, a duty head. I am a duty head. I shall remain, but thank you for writing in. You may be uh, a duty head, but you're our duty head. That's yeah. Right. And uh, we'll all and be... that's what makes you special and unique. <laughs> yeah, we'll all be a little smelly together on tomorrow's page. Uh, the... Wind. Wind.